opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, the station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. Now, I want to welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline. We are moving ever closer to a lauded celebration we uh, partake of every year. It's called Thanksgiving. Over the next couple of days, we will take our um, annual break and, uh, and reflect upon all that our God has given us as creatures upon his planet and as we say in our community, praise God from whom all blessings flow. So I'm really hoping that you will, as myself, enjoy um, a lively, a thoroughly enjoyable uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, what a what a wonderful opportunity to do that with family and in some cases friends. And I hope even among our uh, very diverse audience out there that you aren't one who is going to be by yourself. I hope that you will have some companionship and some friendship and some uh, some 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 jubilation among others who are like you or in the same situation as you are, and you guys can share a meal together, no matter how meager it may be or how how absolutely abundant it may be. I am hoping that you have a a really good Thanksgiving Day. Also, you know, we've been talking about this for years upon years as well. We are in that season where health matters and people are catching a little bug here. That I, I was thinking about this the other day. In fact, it was Sunday. Uh, we have good turnouts at Grace. I'm very thankful for that week in and week out. Several hundreds and hundreds of people come out. And, you know, this year was different from last year. And it certainly was different from the year before. And what do I mean by that? This is cold and flu season. And we've we've always seen a kind of a downturn where people in November and December get the sniffles, get a cold, uh, cough and congestion, as you, as you might know. And therefore, uh, a family will be out because you know how a bug does. It runs through the family. It'll start with little Johnny, make his way all the way up to mom or dad, maybe, and then the house is out for a week, and if it's severe, maybe two, particularly if you have a large family. Um, but, but you know, forever we have not allowed um, sickness and colds and bugs to really deplete our attendance in worship um, or to distract us. Well, this year it was absolutely um, this re these recent weeks, maybe about a month now, since a bug has been going around, the flu bug, et cetera. And every now and then you'll hear somebody getting the uh, ubiquitous COVID. But uh, no no ado being made about it, no noise, no no fears, no trepidation, no, you know, no alarm. You know, you hear a few people grunting <clears throat> or coughing a bit. And generally, we know now that if you, if you caught, uh, caught a bug this season, the way it trails out is you have an itchy throat, maybe a little cough here or there. And guess what? We're back to normal. In other words, we live in a world where we go through seasons where 
um, you know, the, the, the bugs flow around. We get sick. We get ill. We don't fall apart. We don't separate, you know, to turn each other into biohazards and uh, have to keep, you know, 20, 30, 40 feet distance. Um, we are doing better. We are, we are uh, receiving some sense of normalcy for most of us, 85, 90, 95% of people are, are recovering from that dystopian period of, uh, of COVID. There are still a few people somewhat traumatized by it and therefore will never recover, recover, recover. Can't do anything about that. The government did that. COVID didn't do that. Whatever the virus is, we know it's engineered. That's not even a controversy anymore, but it didn't do that. Uh, regulations and policies did that. People got strapped down as if they were mental cases or prisoners, and it really did get to their head. But for the most part, I was very thankful, very, very thankful. And, you know, we're not out of that season yet. There will be more bugs. November, December has a tendency, if it's cold and wet, to get us. But uh, may we um, put that uh, put that phobia behind us and, and uh, work on our health, get your rest, eat well, um, sleep thoroughly, um, nutrients, micronutrients, vitamins, and everything else that is at our availability in the 21st century uh, scientifically competent world that we live in. Just do, do well for yourself. Just do well for yourself in that regard um, and try to uh, try to present the best version of yourself every day that you possibly can. Well, that is your sort of public uh, service announcement in terms of uh, what's going on in the Bay Area around that. But yeah, I do want you to have a really, really good Thanksgiving. If you can, count your blessings, count them every day. Uh, there are multitudes and they are in many different ways, um, things we don't deserve. Now, we are still dealing with a world that is seemingly, particularly at the larger geopolitical level, unraveling like, I don't know why. I don't know how interested you are in what's going on in your government, what's going on around the world, what's going on in the Middle East, what's going on in China, what's going on in Russia, Ukraine. You should, because if there was one thing that Mr. Trump got right, Tons of our money, for those of us who are hardworking Americans, tons of our money, ungodly amounts of our money are spent on campaigns by our government, particularly the deep state, to maintain and exacerbate and disturb society at length around the world. And uh, yes, there are a lot of major shifts occurring in the uh, in the West and East conflict. And, and I, I do want to talk about some of that because... I think is relevant. One of the really curious and necessarily so uh, prodigious problems that everybody's dealing with in the world is the conflict that's going on in Israel. You cannot get away from it unless you just want to be a, an ostrich, uh, you know, proverbially speaking, and stick your head in the sand. But there they are again in the middle of all kinds of controversy. Now, what's very unique about what's happening here between Israel and Palestine these days is that there is no sufficient capacity to fully cover up what's really taking place. Uh, that's the thing that's curious to me. I guess I could headline this this way. The ma major legacy media outlets, which get all of their feeds from one source, disseminated to all of your major outlets, 
where they're all mannequins saying the same thing, they no longer dominate the narrative across the world. So many different, competent, skillful, um, accomplished platforms are bringing on people that are on the ground, bringing on people that are in the mix, bringing on people who are insiders and now outsiders, bringing on military personnel, bringing on political personnel, bringing on people on the ground, bringing on the victims uh, on Israel side, bringing on the victims on the Palestinian side, bringing on the hostages who have been released you don't get that in your major media outlets. You you can know that your media is nothing but a propaganda machine when it never interviews people on the ground. When all it does is give you camera shots or drone shots these days. And then the commentator just goes to give you his or her or what is called the stated news initiative. You can know you're being propagandized. Why? Because you're not hearing it from people who are close near, who feel the bombs and are suffering the travesty of war. You, you get it from those people and they'll tell you a different story. But you will get it if you do the research, if you really care about facts, if you really care about hearing it from the proverbial horse's mouth, you'll hear it from people who are on the ground, like I stated, hostages being delivered from uh, Hamas back to the Israelis and telling of the media how well they were taken care of and how they didn't fear and things of that nature. On the other hand, you will also get how the journalists on the ground are giving a different take than what's taking place in your major uh, media outlets. And what is all that about? It's all about us coming to discover Again, we have a sort of uh, twisted, controlled, structured, uh, curated news system that fundamentally is, is your, again, your Truman story, uh, framing and telling you things that don't correspond with what's going on on the ground. And I don't know if you're like me, you know, you can pick up on it really quick. They frame things certain ways and you go, aha. They don't know what they're talking about. And they frame things another way. You go, okay, they're forced to say that. A lot of your media, I think you know this by now, is controlled. And you want to be able to pick up when you hear it. And again, there are all kinds of signals you can learn about that. Well, what I'm going to do with you for this next 45 minutes before we go to the phone lines is just kind of give you a frame of category of what's really taking place. So you Zionism versus the good old folks on the ground called regular Jewish people or regular Palestinian people um, or regular um, Arabic people who, uh, who don't advocate some of the militant activity that's taking place uh, in the Middle East there. And you really need to know the difference so that we don't uh, condemn everybody for the behavior agenda and roles of certain parties. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Giston. Glad to be with you when we come back. A little Bible verse. And then unpacking the news in the Middle East with all of its controversy. The number is one 367 We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Yes, we are. We're back. The time is 520 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. 
And we're talking about what's going on in the Middle East. We could we could broaden that out. Let me raise a question to kind of frame a topic of conversation with you. The number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. If you are, and everybody is, using a larger media platform and are able to ascertain more different or as you see it, more credible data uh, concerning what's going on in the Middle East broadly and uh, more particularly with Israel and Palestine. Uh, tell me how that is shaping your perspective. How is it helping your lens of interpretation in terms of what's really going on? We can say from a biblical perspective, a historical perspective. Um, and, and of course, there are different perspectives that we can talk about as well. Because it just seems like if you have been around as long as I have, you can see some recapitulation. You can see uh, you can see some um, repeats of historical events showing up in this context, as it was in the days of 9/11, as it was in the days of the Vietnam War, as it was in the days of World War. World War II. But certainly for me, Vietnam was significant because I was becoming very much conscious of the conflicts and the uh, pushback and the protests and all of that. And then as I became a high school student, I began to see what was going on in the Middle East and Africa. And again, in Palestine, it's really interesting and eerie how we are right back there uh, when this has been going on since the 60s in terms of major conflict between uh, Israel and Palestine with uh, Arafat and others, uh, you know, uh, battling and negotiating and, and terror attacks on both sides. The official uh, records are very clear. Israel is not clean and pure as the wind-driven snow, but neither is America. I hope you already know that. But what I'm stating is here we are looking now uh, through the lens of a broader media platform that allows us to see things in a more real time than we ever would have before. And what that does, when you have those different platforms, you get to see either the intentional or unintentional mistakes the media, the media is making in Israel particularly Israel, because, of course, Palestine is being bombed to death, being obliterated. So the little pittance of news clips you get from them um, aren't, they're, they're not significant. They are not letting, uh, they are not letting news outlets on the ground over there to, to watch and monitor the war. That is another unique difference. But I understand it. Israel is uh, not enjoying any kind of real uh, major public support. It is not. And that is precisely because there are more media outlets that are giving you different angles of what's going on and people are no longer duped. I think also, you know, the moment we heard that uh, this was Israel's 9-11, many of us really kind of pushed back on our heels and said, you know, what? What? Because we understood that 9-11 in our own country was a massive betrayal of the media, as well as a massive betrayal on the part of our government. We have not gotten over it. We have stored that in our memory bank, and we have not allowed our government to think that it can hoodwink us, take you know tens of billions of dollars, destroy 
uh, lands that had nothing to do with the initial attack uh, devastate and 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 harm and and kill and maim untold thousands of members of our own military personnel, which are our family members, and that somehow we're going to just let it go. That was yesterday, but let bygones be bygones. Those kind of things don't happen. And so when this attack occurred, you can just see everybody drilling down, pressing in, and piercing through the data. Every word coming out of the mouth of CNN, Fox News, CBS, and all of that, critiquing it, analyzing, deconstructing. We call it in our Bible study right now, discerning of spirits. See, there are two spirits in the world, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, the spirit of righteousness and the spirit of falsehood. And we've already identified our media as being a hypocrite. See, it would have been another thing if, if, this, if this battle, if this war, if this conflict had taken place, let's say, another five years from now. But we just came up out of a major worldwide unified set of um, media blitz full of lies told to us and uh, lies now that they had to admit around COVID. And so we're, we're completely uh, incredulous when it comes to our own media. We are now discerning. We're proving all things. We're, we're challenging their narratives. We are saying we need more information, and we are getting it from different sources. And so unfortunately, national Israel, the state of Israel, again, we have to make categorical distinctions between the state and the people, um, Israel doesn't enjoy the controlled media narrative uh, that it would like to so that it can tell the world uh, what it wants to tell them in terms of what's going on in Israel, what's going on in Palestine. Can't do it. So uh, we, we, we Americans, Europeans, uh, the African nation, uh, they're remarkable, you guys. So many nations are chiming in on what's going on. And uh, the preponderance of the nations that are chiming in I'm talking about the people on the ground. I'm not talking about the control puppets, the Manchurian candidates that are part of the uh, United Nations or um, some of the Western uh, collaborative states, such as America, Britain, um, and even some of them are capitulating. But I'm talking about like um, Australia and Canada. They're all going to walk in lockstep, hedge their bets. But you're getting a number of the nations that are pushing back and saying, we don't go for what's going on. We do agree that Israel is way over the top in its excessive response. They are agreeing that Israel is engaging in uh, genocide, certainly in ethnic cleansing. They are agreeing that uh, Israel's policies are apartheid. And unfortunately, that's putting Israel in a really, really, really bad state. It's also putting other uh, other other people like our own country. I was reading the African uh, Union uh, news where uh, Africa gathers together, its constituents gather together, uh, 50 or 60 of them, you know, representatives, they come together, the different nations in Africa to, um, to talk policy and to engage in how to move forward or how to respond to what's going on in Israel. And guess what? They booted out the representatives from Israel. They booted out the representatives from France, and they booted out the representatives from America. That is our vice president 
Kamala Harris. And here's the reason why, before we go to a break, because as a parent, if you look at all of these different uh, spaces in the world, these different nations of whom I'm, I'm speaking, they are recognizing the same thing that the people on the ground are. And that's remarkable because you just remember a few years ago when COVID was out, it was so dystopian. We couldn't get our leaders to tell the truth about what we were seeing on the ground. They had a piece of paper that told them to stick to the script, and they did, and they did until it was impossible to stick to the script. Today, they're, not, they're no longer doing that. They're speaking up. They're speaking out. They're telling the truth. They're seeing it like the people on the ground. And here's the reason why. Here's a lesson before I go to the break. At a certain point, you can't tell the majority of the people on the ground as leaders over those people that they don't know what they're seeing. You can't tell them that they don't know what they're hearing. You may not agree with their assessment, their conclusions, even their methodology, like, like many of the pro-Palestinian people on the ground here protesting in our nation. Uh, some of them are using uncareful language about, uh, about Hamas and some uncareful language about Israel as well. But in general, they're getting it right. What Israel is doing is wrong. Um, and you, you're just not going to hoodwink the people anymore. They're getting it. They're totally getting it. And now the governments are fit to be tied because they don't, the Wizard of Oz behind the lens of our media outlets no longer can keep us massively divided and uh, in conflict with each other enough to distract us and deceive us. You see all along, you guys, in these democratically stated nations, ours at the head of it all, the way it's able to do what it wants to do, contrary to what we want them to do, is to keep us divided. Divide and conquer is the way it goes. So when you have a robust political diatribe, you have a robust two-party system, which really is governed by the uniparty. We'll talk about that. You keep the left and right fighting. You can control them psychologically and emotionally. But once they start agreeing on things that they hadn't agreed upon anymore or before, now you're losing control of them. Now they're much more objective. Now they're much more unified. And that's what's happening with the Israel thing. Um, the problem is, is that what's happening to Israel endangers what's going on in our own government as well. And this is the real challenge going forward. This is Monday edition of Lifeline. The number is one 367-5329. Now, the question is, if you are using a larger media platform outlet, if you're getting resources from around the world, as um, we have been blessed with, so that we can transcend our own uh, media legacy outlets and uh, have the benefit of, of a WikiLeaks and a, uh, you know, an Edward Snowden perspective, because that's much more reality, and you can see things that give you different, more credible, more insightful uh, analysis of the news. Uh, how has that shaped your understanding? How are you now assimilating and organizing your thoughts around what's going on? The number is one 367 We want to press into it, and we'll talk again more uh, around eschatology because our country, particularly the West, is trapped by it as an agenda going forward, and we need to know. Again, one 367 Got to take a break, pay some bills. We'll be right back. 
And now back to Lifeline. All right, we are back. The time is 5.36 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Three lines open, one 367 if you want to chime in on the conversation. What I was saying before the break just really has to do with how much we have to, as people of God, understand what's on the ground. I mean, everybody, just not people of God. But since this is a Christian program, we have to understand what's going on on the ground and really uh, tie tie the links together around what is going on now, what has happened in the past, and and how does this um, how does this play out in the future? And I can tell you what you're looking at, if you don't know, is a kind of, um, this is a hodgepodge of ideologies, okay? And for the longest, you and I have been told that the big boogeyman that we are supposed to be worried about, I remember this, this is why I was alarmed when they wanted to turn this uh, Hamas attack on uh, the state of Israel into a 9-11, because the 9-11 lie, the framing of 9-11 was a perfect sort of cover for the Bush family to go into Iraq and just utterly devastate that place, plunder it, and uh, create more war and make tons of money at the at the, uh, at the filthy end of wealth. You know, this was Halliburton, if you guys remember, Dick Cheney, and all of them making just massive amounts of money on the naivete of American citizens. Uh, while at the same time, not never really accomplishing the goals that they stated that they were trying to do, bring democracy to uh, to Iraq, which you know that that assumption is such a flawed and, and arrogant assumption. Quite frankly, it is the blind arrogance of a supremacist state, and this is why, for decades now, is uh, America along with uh, the European Union and NATO, has been called an imperialist system because the history of uh, the West is that of dominating countries, devastating countries, and then plundering them, and in the name of democracy, trying to plant their flags. But over my lifetime since Vietnam, it hasn't worked. And it's not happening, it's not working with national Israel either. Israel is discovering that it cannot annihilate a people group called the Palestinians and somehow have the favor of the world. They can't do it. Um, and, 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 the, and the parallelisms are uncanny between Israel and America. And I've, I've told our congregation for years that America and Israel are tied at the hips as, uh, as Judah and Jerusalem according to Ezekiel chapter 16 through 20, are tied at the hip. What goes on in America goes on in Israel. What goes on in Israel goes on in America. The issue is just, do we know what's going on? And uh, uh, the, the, the profoundly complicated relationship that exists between these two countries is to be understood as disconcerting and, and consternational. Consternational because... Uh, the geopolitical landscape is shifting in such significant ways that uh, you and I will look up in a few years and recognize that we are in a real state of disadvantage. As I stated to you before, Africa, the African Union has fundamentally said we're done with America, we're done with France, we're done with Europe. They have plundered our resources, our our wealth, our 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 our. our uh, 
our physical labor and many other things to boot and we don't need them anymore. And that vacuum has opened up the door for China and Russia of all people and uh, a few others who are willing to work with our African brothers over there because they see that we have been just so absolutely over the top in our avarice for control and power. And really it's arrogance. It's the arrogance of the assumption that we're better than other people. That's really what it has amounted to. And we played our cards too far. And when you press deep down into what has been going on for decades upon decades, it is a a, a supremist, a kind of um, hidden uh, um, fascist, uh, dictatorial, um, pseudo-democratic agenda that is rooted in superiority. This is why in our country, particularly our um, useful idiot media loves to play the race card to keep us divided because these have been race battles around the world globally for hundreds of years now. You know what I'm saying is true. And this is why right now the issue of Israel and the issue of Palestine is not really one of religion as your um, as your Christian, your Zionist Christian uh, would want to assert. This is not Gog and Magog against the people of God. Um, that will come out pretty soon to, to be proven not to be the proper interpretation. But what we are dealing with is the notion that a people group are intrinsically and ontologically better than another people group. Uh, and that is a sad reality. Um, we have had to admit that for ourselves here in America. Took America a long time to do it, but finally they did because after a while you just can't control people. You cannot confine people. You cannot uh, restrain people. You cannot oppress people. You cannot dominate people uh, ad infinitum and not ultimately turn them into monsters. You cannot afflict people. You cannot restrain people without ultimately turning them into monsters. And that's exactly what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter four. He says, I saw under the sun an evil, and it was the oppression of those who had power, oppressing those who did not have power, and those who oppressed with power didn't have a comforter. He's talking about God on their side. And those that were oppressed, neither did they have a comforter. And Solomon said, this seemed to me to be a great evil in the world. And that is hallmarking what's taking place right now, ladies and gentlemen. You're dealing with oppressive, uh, dictatorial, tyrannical, uh, out-of-control, uh, arrogant assertions of being better than other people. This is why Netanyahu has already been caught calling the Palestinians Amalek and Nephilim and all of these other uh, neo-ancient Old Testament biblical characters asserting that as Israel, they are King David and, and uh, the Benjamites going to war against the enemies of God's people. Um, and unfortunately, uh, a lot of even ignorant Christians buy into that interpretation. But those are war calls, ladies and gentlemen, and they're predicated upon a, a faulty specious premise that one group of people is better than another group of people, and that one group of people are really the people of God, and the other people are not the people of God at all, but demons and devils and things of that nature. And I told you last week, there are probably way more Christians in the Palestinian camp than they are in the Israelite camp. 
And there are multiple categories that we could expose in terms of what's going on in Israel um, that you don't get in your media. For instance, Israel is a tiered system that does not allow folks who don't have some kind of ontological or genealogical tie to Abraham to be full citizens, to have full citizen rights. That's very clear. They, they're complaining about that uh, today if you're Arab. If you're not really a blood descendant of Abraham, you don't get to uh, get to have full citizenship rights. It's just a fact of the matter. And then within that framework, they got the same ugly, crazy stuff we've had going on in America where you're lighter-skinned Jews, you're Ashkenazi Jews, um, you know, uh, really belittle and look down upon your Sephardic Jews and then your Ethiopic Jews. We already know this. This has been going on for a long time. And certainly uh, on the lowest rung of the totem pole are non-Jews um, in, in Israel. Um, and, and that is largely the consequence of <clears throat> that state being apartheid, as it was in Africa and many places around the world. And, and I have to say, Britain and America led the way on that. And, and now we're extricating ourselves from that here in America. We're not completely through with it, but we've done a, a, a great deal of moving away from it. This is why many of us argue against the notion that we are the same kind of racist institutional, uh, racist country that we were 150 years ago. No, 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 we've made some headway. And that's what Israel is gonna have to do authentically in terms of its government, if it's going to overcome this. If it's going to overcome what's taking place now with all, all eyes on them, they're going to have to let go of those people. Let those people go, Egypt, metaphorically speaking, and, uh, and, and let them live as free people. And uh, that's going to be a long, arduous task, but it, it's going to be the only solution. Otherwise, Israel's going to find itself at war perpetually for a long time. So Monday edition of Lifeline, going to take a break, pay some more bills. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4-KFAX. That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And now back to Lifeline. We're back. We've got about 10 minutes in this segment before we move into the second hour. And, uh, Let's go to the phone lines. Let's have a conversation with Jermaine on line number one. Let's begin to have some, some talk and broaden it uh, to our audience. Again, the number is one 888 Jermaine, what's going on? Uh, nothing much. Just enjoying the show. Great, great. What's your thoughts? Yeah, just um, you touched on a lot of things that kind of resonate with me as far as where I am now versus a few years ago after the whole mm. COVID fiasco that kind of woke me up to the sure. fact that you just really, I don't feel you can really trust the news or what you see on TV at this point because it's its kind of like a controlled chaos where they mold and shape how they want you to think versus how you should think. And when you, you see a situation like overseas that's really kind of now seeping out into the whole world and having an effect, it's kind of a shaped narrative and if you ask any questions, it's, it's the same tactics that were used during the COVID lockdowns. And, and the, I call it the COVID discovery because we discovered that much of what we were hearing, if it kind of made you, I don't know, if it spiritually, if you kind of disagreed or felt something was wrong, you weren't even allowed to ask questions. You just had to go along with whatever the narrative was or else you were kind of ostracized. So 
you know, that's what I would say. Just the, the more I see, the more I don't trust the mainstream media and what I see. Right. And do, do have you, ha- and I don't, I think it's still a bit early, um, or maybe it's this way too. And I'd love to hear from more people on this regard. Cause I, you know, when, when a thing is taking place three, four, 5,000 miles away, it's real easy for selfish people who don't have a larger global perspective to care less about what's happening to them. One of the reasons, and you've heard me say that to our congregation is to make sure that we overcome the careless syndrome of simply looking at people as numbers, but put faces on them. That way we can have a real visceral uh, response as to the good or bad that's going on in their life. And when you think about what's really happening over there in uh, the state of Israel with Palestine, um, one has to be able to avoid a voice and assessment to give an opinion. Uh, these are opportunities to exercise a judgment and go, I, I believe what they're doing is right. I believe it's okay to kill men, women, and children almost indiscriminately to get at the enemy. I believe that you can drop bombs and level the ground, mow the field, and uh, take out tens of thousands of people just to get a couple hundred, maybe a couple thousand of the uh, Hamas people. I think that's a tragic uh, false assumption. You're never going to actually destroy Hamas that way. And and that's why I believe there are uh, alternative motives behind that. But if they want to kind of carpet bomb the whole of Palestine, this is going to be an exercise of integrity and exercise of um, of ethics and exercise of morals. It's going to be uh, an opportunity for either outrage or celebration. In any event, Israel is... It's it's really pushing the envelope to think that if this is their 9-11, they can do to the, to the Palestinians what we did uh, in Iraq, um, what we did uh, in Libya, uh, what we did in Afghanistan. Now I'm talking three presidents. I'm certainly talking Bush. I'm talking uh, Clinton. I'm talking uh, Obama now. Uh, and, and it not come back to bite them. Israel is not... Uh, as capable of getting away with uh, that kind of um, uh, what I call atrocity as we have. And I don't know if we're getting away from it uh, either as well. Um, But I I do see that this does not look like it's going to end well if there isn't uh, cooler heads that will intervene and uh, stop this madness and seek to bring about a contextualizing of a hopeful future for both groups of people, because what's taking place now just is nonsensical to me. What say you? Well, you have just that in, and also the thing is that I find very disturbing. Like I'm someone who believes in when it's time, it's time. If there's time for combat, then so be it. But I hear silence when it comes from the churches and the people who say we have to pray and support Israel. There's a just complete ignorance of the Palestinians and the separation between Hamas and Palestinians. And it's almost like a sanctioned genocide and a sanctioned racism, like it's okay because they're Israel. It's like, no, this is not okay. Just that. And then I know I'm on the right path because the, the Orthodox brothers over there, the Orthodox Jews who are kind of getting, well, from what I saw, they were getting police brutality for speaking out against what they know is wrong, the difference between traditional Judaism and then what we see going on over there. 
Yeah, I, I appreciate what you're saying. Of course, you know, I'm, I'm feeding a lot of us the distinction between political Israel, which is secular and godless and does not follow Torah. It will extract some principles from the Talmud and Orthodox Judaism, which has for the longest over there said they are occupiers, they are settlers, they are doing the wrong thing. You don't hear them in the media much, but they've got it right, as well as the common people on the ground. And this goes to show you how you can be blinded by ideology, as was the case, as you and I know, with Fauci and the rest of those fools up there in Washington thinking that they could carpet bag us with a jab and wipe us out and we not figure out what's going on. Same thing is going on here, in my opinion. I have been completely uh, surprised at the candor and the uh, wisdom and the humility of the Orthodox Jews that have come online. Of course, I've sent a few of, of uh, clips out of some of the mad monster Tomodic uh, Jews who say destroy them all, men, women, and children. They're Amalek, you know, they are, you know, Canaanites and they don't need to exist. I, I just wanted to share with people that you do have those kind of irrational clowns out there as well who don't have that kind of respect for other human beings because there is a portion of the Tumultic interpretation of Judaism that fundamentally calls uh, other people, including African-Americans, monsters, creatures, lower than human beings, less than human beings. And this is where you get, and this is where some good historians will trace this back to a strain of racism and discrimination and monstrous, monstrous uh, eugenics um, ideology that is uh, that is akin to the very uh, uh, individual that 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 appeared to attempt to destroy Israel, and that's Hitler himself. Once this stuff is unraveled, and you can sense what is coming out of even Netanyahu's mouth and his own cabinet about wiping out the Palestinians as if they're not humans, when in Palestine there are Christians. There are Muslims, there are Jews, there are Arabs, and there are tons of black people there as well. People don't know um, for us to sit back, and particularly the ignorant, blinded, muted church that you're referring to, sit back and say, just let them die, this is God's will, um, then we already know what the uh, ignorant, muted, twisted, uh, evangelical uh, Zionist church would do to us if they had their way. Uh, and because that same spirit is what put Jesus on the cross when he told the Jews, um, you know, if, if, if God were your father, you would hear me. If Abraham were your father, you'd do the works of Abraham. They hated him for that, uh, and that spirit and contention still exists today, and, and we've, we've got to work with it. We, we, we have to deal with it in our world. Other, other, uh, apart from that, there's going to be a continued, unending uh, distraction of facts around who constitutes the real and true people of God. And unfortunately, the culprits in that distraction are going to be Christian and um, secular, uh, godless Zionist Jews, as they've stated out of their own mouth when you go back and read the works of the original Zionists that wanted to separate Jews from the rest of the world by giving them their own land, and they were supported by uh, ignorant, uh, supremacist, self-righteous, godless, pagan uh, Christians of the likes of uh, John Nelson Darby 
and uh, Cyrus Schofield and many others who were wacky in their in their notion that you know they could create this kind of condition that creates a tiered system and hierarchy of, uh, of of racism in the world. It's a dreadful it's a dreadful antichrist unbiblical betrayal of uh, the the righteousness and equality that men and women have in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Two lines open, one 888 It's just so clear to me, when you lose the gospel, you cannot be a man of peace. You must only be a man of war because this world is your home. All you get is what the devil said in Matthew chapter four. If you bow down to me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world. That's all he has to give you when you succumb to uh, Beast 1 and Beast 2, Revelation chapter 13. Got to take a hard break. When I come back, I'll pick up with James and then Elise on line three. Two lines open, one 367 We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-FOR-KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, the number is one 367 We have a whole hour or somewhere around their relative 50 minutes to uh, continue conversing on these matters that are before us. I raised the question, if you've been uh, blessed to be able to look at different media pl- platform um, outlets and get a, a broader synopsis, a, a much, uh, much more um, copious uh, angle from which we can analyze what's going on in the Middle East, and it has shaped your understanding, taking you deeper or broader, whatever the case. I want your impressions about that. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I think, as Jermaine so eloquently put it, if you think you're going to get the whole truth by listening to two channels or three, um, then then you're hopeless. This is not going to work for you. And uh, we just have to pray for you and keep moving because we know that you are intentionally uninformed. And and people will be that way. They just they just won't know. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Let's go to line number two. Talk with James from the Bay. James, what's going on? Hey PJ, what's going on? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, man. What's up? Well, I'm probably a little bit uh, opposite Jermaine. I mean, my problem is. I don't watch any of them because I know they're lying. I mean, so you want to help me because I didn't already reach the point, you know, especially after, you know, David Martin and documentaries like Indoctrination years ago really broke down how that whole system worked, whereas only a few people at the top did own all of, you know, all of them, you know, all the major, you know, news outlets, stated stated news initiatives all the way down to the, what we look at online and, through our phones, even what we research. I mean, people look at Google like it's God or something like that. Go ask Google. Well, you have to look at the algorithms, algorithms in that, algorithms, excuse me, in that. So you can't just depend on that. Well, I'm just so grateful for what we've been learning with discernment. I mean, we have to be able to take the discernment that God gives us, even though we may not have the gift of it, but I think we do, all of us have a uh, enough of it given by God to be able to analyze what's been brought before us so in my case you know i i mean i don't i don't have time for the nonsense of the foolishness. so I, I i thank god people like yourself you know that's helping us out because this whole i mean this whole system is rigged i mean they know people work hard every day they come home they turn on their news i mean that's kind of like the, 
way we grew up. You know, back then we sure. had maybe a much more better chance at getting, you know, uh, some halfway through. But, you know, but today, I mean, I mean, it's over. So even with, even what's supposed to be conservative outlets were starting to uh, parrot the narrative, uh, the, what I want to call the American Zionistic uh, point of view, where it's automatically supposed we're supposed to support Israel. And then nothing could be farther from the truth. Where when you get down to, like you said, to, to the people, to the ground level, like I said, you don't see that anymore. It used to be a time when you would see journalists and, and, and news reporters going out in the community. You don't see that anymore. They just, you might see it locally, but you sure don't see it globally. Right. And, right. You know, you, you don't. I mean, and what you said earlier about, you see, you, you, you were calling it division. I'm calling it hate. I mean, you know, I mean, hate is just being taught. We're being hate, taught to hate God, hate the country we live in, hate each other, shoot, all the way down there, hate, you know, hate ourselves, hate our body, hate life. Just hate. And that's because we, that, that's the secular worldview, and we have no relationship with God. You know, I mean, I'm to the point now where, I mean, I'm going to use a term. I know you're going to clean it up if it's wrong, but I mean, we need to love a God so much, we got to be addicted to love. I mean, we need to be addicted to his, to his word, addicted to truth. That's a term I want to use because that's what we need. I mean, we have to be so hunger, hunger and thirst after there is so much that we won't settle for anything less. No, I agree with you. And, of course, you're quoting scripture. Jesus said it in the, um, <clears throat> the Mount Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24. He says, um, um, and he says, in those days, the love of many will wax cold because iniquity will abound. And um, I, I love the way our Lord warned us about the times we would be in from his days all the way up through AD 70, which destroyed Israel and destroyed <clears throat> the Roman Empire and is recapitulating itself again cyclically as the book of Revelation would teach us it would do. Um, we are living in a time where the love of many has waxed cold uh, love for the truth, love for God, love for humanity. And like you stated, you're not going to love humanity adequately if you don't love truth. If you and I are succumbing to a postmodern uh, fantasy of reality, then we're going to succumb to the metaverse and buy into the disorientation and collapse of normalcy. And so, uh, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter, 2 Timothy 3, um, uh, you know, in the latter days, there will be perilous times. Those are diseased-oriented times, collapse of society. Men shall be lovers of themselves. They shall be bolsters. They shall be proud. They shall be covenant breakers. Children shall uh, be disobedient to their parents and all sorts of uh, the fundamental uh, natural milk of human kindness and love, the, uh, you know, phileo love of parents to children and vice versa will be empty and gone. Now, when the prophets gave us that kind of insight into the uh, chaos and deconstruction process of humanity, he didn't leave us to the assumption that uh, that was done in a vacuum. That's always the work of the devil. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. We also know that he operates at the highest levels of authority. This is what Daniel has taught us. That's what Nebuchadnezzar is about, Artaxerxes. That's what uh, that's what um, the uh, 
uh, a Grecian ruler, Antiochus Epiphanes is about. That's what the Roman Empire about. All of those are uh, Antichrist models, uh, pseudo systems of, uh, of uh, Lilliputian god uh, dominions that operate under the satanic power of uh, of of, uh, of secular powers and then religious powers. And by the time Christ shows up, um, Beast 1 and Beast 2 are in absolute cahoots. That is, the Roman Empire was Beast 1, Revelation 13, verses 1 through 10, and the uh, Jewish uh, religious system is Beast 2. As they said very plainly before they killed Jesus, we have no king but Caesar. And this is what the Orthodox priests are, Orthodox Jews are letting out. The Orthodox rabbis are saying, hey, you guys, who are giving a pass to the state of Israel, the state of Israel are secular. They're godless. They're pagan. They're not actually true Jews. You can hear this from their own mouths as you guys are, are hearing. It's remarkable to hear Orthodox Jews state the same thing that the Apostle Paul stated when he says he is a true Jew who is one inward, whose circumcision is of the heart. Now, of course, uh, the Torah observers of Orthodox Judaism is saying that you're not a true Jew unless you actually follow Torah and follow it rigorously. I can understand that, uh, James, on that Old Testament side of interpretation. Jesus tells us that we are a true Jew if we are circumcised by the Spirit because we're grounded in the gospel and we are Abraham's children. This is why we reject a... Uh, a two people of God theory that is uh, proffered by your Zionists, because we know that that creates a catastrophic destruction of the gospel in our present time. It loses the continuity between the old and the new in the person of Jesus Christ, who is the end of the law for righteousness. It lets our Jewish brothers and sisters off the hook when it comes to them needing the same redemption that we do and the assertion that they are God's people just because they're genetically tied to Abraham is something of which these Orthodox Jews are going online and letting people know, hey, no, 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 that's not what Torah teaches. Now, we should know better, but we, we don't because we're entering, we're entering into and descending into a blindness that is causing many Christians to abandon the explicit, clear, unequivocal teaching of the New Testament. You cannot have the premillennial dispensational position of holding that uh, Israel is the people of God under the present circumstances where they reject Christ, reject the gospel, and reject Moses. Uh, quite frankly, and are secular as secular as our own government. So we're playing church, whether it's uh, Judaism or Christianity, where we're pretending to know the true and the living God, but we're really functioning as children of the devil because the devil has been given dominion and power over this world, but not the world to come. Uh, may God open our eyes to the reality that the uh, kings of the earth are making war against the king of glory. And the question will be, whose side are you on? Got to take a hard break. Two lines open, maybe even three. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call triple eight four KFAX. That's eight 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 F O R K F A X. And now back to Lifeline. We're back. The time is six twenty one. 
on the Monday edition of Lifeline. And um, we got three lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Three lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We are continuing to press forward as we do on this Monday show and have been doing for years. If you guys have been listening to me, you know this this in fact what's interesting, this goes for me all the way back to nine eleven. And what I mean by that, and I've shared this story with you before before I go to the phone lines and talk to Lisa, um, I too was trapped by the two-party system. And uh, I fell prey when I was in my 30s, maybe 40s, yeah, early 30s, early 40s, when I uh, did the morning show with Joe, Joe and Jesse, two pastors. One of, I was the African-American pastor, I was like the Palestinian, and Joe was the Jewish pastor. No pun intended. We were cool, We, we were cool, but we did have some differences because um, my background in theology did not allow me to make the Jews a special people other than um, the fact that they were more responsible because to whom much is given, much is required. And, And Joe and I would bump heads from time to time on the show around what does it mean to be the people of God. And I would constantly be sharing with him what uh, the great theologian, the Apostle Paul, would say about what that is. You are a true Jew when you are circumcised in the heart. Other than that, you may be a Jew, but you're not true. And Paul said that we are one in Christ. There's no two people of God. And uh, I, Joe was never completely in the um, premillennial dispensational camp. He wasn't but he had leanings and tendencies towards a uniqueness for the people of Israel because he loved them. It wasn't that I didn't or that I don't, but I, I, I hear Jesus clearly. Ye are of your father the devil and the works of your father you will do. I hear him clearly. If you were Abraham's seed, you would love me. I hear him clearly. You know, for my love, they hated me. I hear him clearly when he's contending with his own brethren. And I think a good Jew would contend with his own brother, like a good African-American would contend with his own African-American brother, and and and, and so forth and so on across all ethnic groups. Uh, God is no respecter of persons. This is what the book of Acts clearly elucidates. The Jews are remarkably surprised in Acts 2 when 17 nations of uh, proselyte Jews or uh, diaspora, diaspora Jews are coming back for Pentecost, and they hear these Galileans, 120 of them, including the apostles, <clears throat> uh, speaking in their own dialect the wonderful works of God. Now, that's true tongues, not that Babel stuff you got going on. And they were declaring the gospel of the glory of God in Christ, and Peter had the benefit of sewing up that sign and wonder, that miracle of glossolalia, by saying this is that which Joel, the prophet, said would come. God would pour out his spirit, and it would unify us, not in Judaism, but in that which Judaism pointed to, the fullness of the true Jew, who is called Jesus the Christ, the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Once you remove Christ from the equation, as Paul said in the book of Galatians, You remove Christ from the equation and you go back to circumcision, the gospel has no more offense to it because the offense of the gospel to religionists is that it's not by works of righteousness which we have done. 
but by submission to the finished work of Christ that merits us to be sons of God and sons of Abraham. The New Testament is revolutionary. It's ubiquitous. It's comprehensive. It's superfluous with this truth. And the moment you go into a two-people-of-God theory, which is called Zionism, you do two things. You diminish the gospel. You diminish Christ. You expand and magnify a man-centered works religion based on ethnicity. And once you do that, you now have justified a pseudo-religion to go to war with every other ethnic group that does not agree with you. This has been going on since the Roman Empire. You guys know this. The Apostle Paul was grieved at how frequently he was persecuted by his own Jewish brethren because he saw the completion and epitome of what the true Jew is in the person of Jesus Christ. We've lost the gospel in our country in that regard. This is why you don't have any national spokesman standing up saying, hey, our reconciliation with the Jewish people is found in Christ. It's not found in the land. It's not found in the Abraham Accords. It's not found in anything other than the person of Jesus. And short of that, we're going to have we're going to have real problems. And so we do. Three lines open: one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Let's go to line number three and talk with Lisa. Lisa, are you there? <laughs> Hi, Jesse. Hey, what's going on? Hey, um, a lot. Um, so I've been having these conversations with. Uh, some people from Christian people and um, they're they're in it to win it with Israel, the Jews being saved in right. Israel. And right. they're saying that uh, this is nothing new. There's always war. They always do this stuff. And when I mentioned that, like on the, in the Gaza Strip, there's Christians, Christian Muslims, Christians, Palestinians, um, Christian Israelis. They're yeah. like, it's just the way that it is. You know, yep. this is God's providence, and you know, the, this is this land belongs to the Jews, and um, there's just no, there's no, there's not even an opening with them. They're just so mm-hmm. committed to that, the 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 dispensationalism, right? And um, it's so my goal this time is because the COVID thing is, mm-hmm. I just a lot of people, you know, it broke up a lot of my relationships. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just praying to navigate that I can, you know, speak the truth, but not alienate. Right. And, so what uh, you have to, there are some things that you're going to have to learn. This is where apologetics will come in, meaning like there are there are three or four very serious questions you can ask them. You can ask them um, questions like, does God have two two people? Does he have the people of Israel who are secular and, and, and materialistic and, and worldly? Don't even they don't even believe in Jesus or Moses because that's that's Zionism from its beginnings that the Zionist originators they were atheists they were agnostics they were they were not they were secularists and uh, they believed that the promises were to them unconditionally. And the assertion of the premillennial dispensationalists is that they're the people of God anyway. John Hagee, which is a rank heretic across all kinds of theological categories, quite frankly. Um, and the question is, is are there two people of God or are they one people of God? Now, you know, they have to answer that because Paul said we have become one 
in Christ if we are true Jews and, and true Gentiles. He says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So there are ways, there are ways to answer that. Like, secondly, I, I frequently ask the premillennial dispensationalists, what covenant are, 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 are they under? Are they there under the Mosaic covenant? Because that's over with. And the Abrahamic covenant it was conditional. This is very clear in the scriptures. I showed you guys that in Joshua, that they don't have any right to the land while they're walking in idolatry and walking in um, in a rebellion against God. So there are a lot of ways to have that conversation, but you're not quite ready for it yet. Uh, but you you should want to get there because that those questions need to be need to be asked because what we are we are advocating is that there is a different kind of covenant relationship uh, that allows the Jews to have a right to some territory that uh, that God never stated. Their, their relationship with God in terms of the land is not unconditional. Like we know that the gospel is not unconditional as well. So this unconditionality term is a ruse that is not theologically sound. However, what you will find with them, and you're probably wiser to just kind of uh, leave it alone. When they just blindly say, you know, we believe that whosoever blesses Abraham will be blessed, and you guys have already been taught that they're misinterpreting Genesis 13 uh, in that regard, um, you, it's probably better to kind of just leave them alone and let them deal with the fact that a carte blanche card to them to Israel, particularly at present with Netanyahu, is a carte blanche freedom to kill eternity-bound souls in a careless display of it ad minimally, uh, uh, you know, uh, what is called uh, cleansing. Uh, or if, if if we take it massively, you know, this is this is called genocide. So both of them, um, a cleansing of the land and a genocidal. Um, assault is nothing ever advocated by Jesus or the New Testament. So we're dealing with a kind of Old Testament Neanderthal expression. It's the expression of, of, of war. It's a very sad assertion that Christians would submit to that. But you got to remember, my dear sister, this is how America came into existence, um, as it were, by genocidal uh, assertions based upon uh, the notion that uh, manifest destiny gives the church the right to come in and take lands and plunder them and destroy indigenous peoples and then plop down the gospel. All of this is, you know, coming home for us to now have to reckon with. Is this really the way of the gospel or is this the way of um, man-centered war-like religion? So, you know, you out of love, you're going to have to work a little bit harder with them if you want to have the conversation with them. Otherwise, and what most of us have learned is religious folk who are blinded to these inconsistencies and contradictions are the hardest people to, to sway. Listen, I got to take a hard break. If you want to share some other things with me, stay on the line. I'll pick you up after the break. The number is one 367 one Be willing to take your questions on this or anything else on our topic uh, on the Monday edition of Lifeline. one 367 We'll be right back. To join the conversation, call 888-4KFAX. That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And now back to Lifeline. 
We are back. The time is 6.37 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. And as you heard the announcer, the number is one 367 Lisa, you still there? Yes. So okay, you have anything like, else you want to contribute? Yes, it, it feels like we're in a video game and... Mm-hmm. Um, we get to the next level, like, okay, if we survived over COVID, we understand that it was a big sham. Then now it's, they're like thinning the herd. Yeah. And if, if you just have your tool belt on and your Bible and you know your Bible and you stand under sound, sound doctrine and the truth and you keep opening your mind, you can keep going to the next level and just be aware that you have a blind side. And it's just like, it, it really feels like they're thinning the herds and... Um, it'll just be interesting how this all folds out with um, the Christians because it just seems like they're on a big mission to wipe out a big big portion of them. And and then with the Trump thing, too. Is yeah, Trump no, it's very... feels like a trap. No, very good, um, particularly here in America. So uh, to close out with you, uh, what we can expect to look for if there isn't a very uh, vital and traumatic change. Let me say dramatic. A very vital and dramatic change of political trajectory over the next year. What we can look for is a complete dissension of American hegemony, uh, American dominance, American influence. We can expect it to disintegrate into very much more of a dystopian uh, society where um, where lots of more people become poor. Uh, Christianity is going to be disorienting in America. We're already uh, losing ground in America with Christianity. That The stats are very clear. Christians are super duper superficial. We're just as superficial in America with our Christianity as Judaism is in Israel. This is why you guys saw that big old Buddha doll, uh, as big as a house, floating over the top of those kids out there raving uh, in juxtaposition with those um, paragliders coming in to attack Israel. It was an ominous sort of emblem of what God had warned Israel about concerning idolatry. I'm going to Tap on that again to this Sunday with Joshua. He warned them before he died, do not worship the idol systems of this world. God will not honor you. He will not honor that. And of course, that's what the Orthodox Jews are telling this secular state called Israel um, about as well. And yet the Zionists, both in Jerusalem or in Israel, as well as the Zionists in America, because they're power mongers, they're, they're in it for power because there's money behind it. But that, that too, is part of the manifest destiny. That, too, is part of the imperial colonialism that has been going on, and that's about to end. The, the power dynamics are shifting, and people are going to be facing a much more difficult time. Yes, all of us, and I've shared with us this before, Lisa, that largely Christians around the world, true Christians, generally suffer for Christ's sake. They don't live the kind of opulent, dominant, majority opinion life that we've been living in America under the delusion of a political system with a quasi-democratic framework. But we're about to see that all end. And what the premillennial dispensationalists are hankering for is coming. 
predictive programming, predictive prophecy, self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes, there will be war. There will be tribulation. There will be destruction around the world. And as their prophecy puts it, I don't believe it, but yes, if they want to see millions and millions of Jews killed and only 144,000 saved, um, that very well could happen if Netanyahu continues to do the wrong thing over there because he's definitely losing uh, support in Israel among those blessed people who can see the uh, tyrannical fascist policies that he's implementing um, even, even more aggressively than our government is trying to implement. But we're seeing God taking his hand off of a lot of people. So we're getting ready to find out whether or not the dispensationalists have it right or not. Thank you for the call. Let me yeah, go to yeah. line number two. I got I to go. I got to go, sis. I'll talk to you. I'll see you again in church. Let me go to line number two and talk with Mike from Fremont. Mike, are hey, you Pastor there? Jesse. Hey, what's going yes, on? I am. So um, I was in Israel last fall, November, right, right around the time they had their election, as a matter of fact. I was there for two weeks on a business trip. And I, I, I must say they have a very secular society. Um, totally secular. There's nothing Jewish uh, about the way they live their lives on a daily basis there. Um, but that being said, uh, two, two points. One, I, I think the Christians in this country should be feeling a little cognitive dissonance because it was January of this year that one of one of uh, Netanyahu's big supporters in the Knesset put forth an initiative to ban the preaching of the gospel Absolutely. and you would be in jail for one year if you did it to an adult and two years if you did it to a minor. Right. And uh, <clears throat> Netanyahu did put an end to that uh, topic of discussion sometime around March. Um, but I think that was merely a political move so that it didn't make an, uh, you know, a bunch of waves because I'm, I'm absolutely certain he had this plan in mind that's, that's playing out in front of us right now. Right. Uh, it's called the great, it's called the greater Israel plan. Yes, exactly. It's called the greater, so, it's called so the greater Israel. I don't Israel. know. Sorry. I don't know if that has been, you know, I've not heard anybody remind people lately that hey you know six months eight months ago israel was talking about banning the preaching of the gospel of christ the the preeminent jew you won't of, hear it of that no you won't hear it you won't hear your media is so captivated um yours and mine mike your media your you know we we COVID was a blessing in that it exposed us to the imminency of the truman story the um, what we call the um, the the construct, the simulated, uh, curated dominance of the media. The media is a bunch of actors, as you know, that are um, infiltrated by the CIA. Ever since um, Operation Mockingbird, ever, ever since Operation Paperclip, this is back in the '60s and the '70s. I've I've talked about this across these subjects for a long time. People don't realize how 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 um, ubiquitous and um, persistent the lying is in our media. And now the shift has moved to the Middle East for all kinds of reasons that we can more fully expand. I'll keep you after the break and we can, we can talk more about it. I'm very glad that you brought this up because 
people in America are ignorant of what really the conditions are in Israel. They're utterly ignorant. Your Christian does not know the uh, divisions. They don't know the categories. They don't know the the two-tiered system of governance. They don't know the fascism. They don't know the um, the uh, the real atrocities being committed by the military there. They just don't know because they don't even know about their own. They don't know about our atrocities that we commit around the world. Unless, Mike, what you're saying is true, that Christians in America love walking around in cognitive dissonance. They don't want to admit when they're wrong. We don't want to admit when we have supported tyrannical systems here and abroad. We don't want to admit that we have played a role in the major, major um, imperialistic agenda of, of dominating the world in the name of power and in the name of Christianity to the uh, disruption of indigenous peoples, et cetera, et cetera. See, that means if we look at Israel squarely, Mike, then we got to look at ourselves. And you know that's the case. Now, I want you to hang on because I want to finish up with you. Got to take a break, pay some bills. Then I want to hear more from you on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are back to time 650 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Mike, are you still there? Yes, I am. Yeah, go ahead on, man. Uh, advance your thoughts. I, I appreciate your uh, chiming in and talking to us about the real conditions of what's going on uh, in, in the areas of, of Israel. There could be a whole lot more said in, in terms of the, you know, d- the diversity, the eclectic nature there. But certainly what people need to know is that it's not a monolithic uh, system of pious, God-fearing Jews um, are, are even from, like you said, a political standpoint, uh, a Christian-loving uh, system of, uh, of governance. Uh, it very much is quelling the freedom of, of religion there, particularly uh, anything other than a kind of secular secular Judaism. But, but what, what else did you want to share? Well, I was thinking about, you mentioned Operation Paperclip. Yes. And I believe that was started in the 1940s after World War II, and it was the of integration of German Jewish scientists and yeah, yeah. philosophers, etc., that came over to the United States and established certain things like, like the CIA and yeah. infiltration of the, those organizations and NASA. And I think one of the other things that came out of that was all of the philosophy of the Frankfurt School was yeah. brought over under Operation Paperclip, and that's what gave us critical theory and ultimately um, critical race theory and all of the homogenization of, of gender ideology. And and they were just pure Marxists. Yeah, now in, th- that's in, exactly right. And many, of the, and many of the Zionists were Marxists as well. They they would have told yeah. you that. Most of your most of your Marxists historically were Jews. And and, yes. and again, Karl Marx was a Jew. I've talked about this yeah. at length. What people don't understand is <clears throat> that Marxism has infiltrated all the systems and has been able to hide in in a Trojan horse system, um, you know, democracies and um, 
and uh, socialist countries. And what we do is in our media, because most people don't understand Hegel's dialectic, you know, I teach that at Grace and our people get it. We The two-tiered political system is a farce. It's a left-right narrative that's governed by the same dialectical objective, theses, antithesis, and then consensus. This is exactly how um, you know Bill Hybels and Rick Warren has been able to start the big mega churches by diluting the gospel by all kinds of secularism. And like you said, we've advanced now to the point of transhumanism, and uh, Israel unfortunately plays a major role in that with artificial intelligence and uh, a lot of the neurotechnology that's going on. People don't, people don't seem to understand that what we're really dealing with is an antichrist system that is deceiving the world and particularly the West in the name of uh, a, a pseudo religion that really at its roots is Zionism both in terms of political Israel and in terms of uh, American secular Christianity, supposedly, um, you know, ostensibly founded on the grounds of Scripture, but not. This is what we have clearly warned about the premillennial dispensational position, that this is a hybrid of secular, social, warmongering, imperialist, uh, racist, apartheid, ideology all wrapped up in one and vividly being demonstrated right now with, with national Israel and Christians are too deceived to to understand that and and are in a false hope that somehow uh, when they help blow up the temple uh, blow up the mosque there and reestablish the temple and take some of these genetically modified red heifers and start the uh, neo ironic priesthood again and start the sacrificial system and the legal system there that somehow the world is going to be a world of peace. That defies logic to assert that somehow we're going to have, have a peaceful world where all of the diversity of, of religious views from Islam, uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, Christianity and Judaism in all of its different flavors, not to not mention uh, Roman Catholicism, the Greek Orthodox Church, and, and a whole plethora of, of New Age religions that are going to be part of that um, false system. I have fundamentally, and I'm going to give you the last few words here, Mike, I fundamentally warn people that what's happening with the uh, premillennial dispensational system is a setting up of the Antichrist system, uh, world system, that will be here as soon as we look up and see them building a so-called temple in Jerusalem. And Christians shouldn't have anything to do with that at all. But just as Israel was deceived in the days of the Roman Empire and said, we have no king but Caesar, so Christians are deceived, saying we have no king but our political governments whoever that might be, Trump or whomever that might be, leading them into uh, globalistic war and conflict in the name of Jesus. I'll give you the last last word, my dear brother. Well, I just think uh, this reminds me of the scripture of how in those days many will be deceived, even the elect. Yes, sir. And That's Matthew 24. This is, this is the mechanism for it, which is to establish a false narrative that Israel is the chosen people, therefore they deserve the land. The Bible says so, 
listen, Christian, you need to believe this. If you don't believe this, then you don't believe your Bible. Right. That and and you're, you're, head beating is, is where this is coming from. Yeah, very much so. Very, very, very much so. And it tells you to be blinded to all the atrocities and inconsistencies and contradictions of our history as Christians in dominating people groups around the world and subjugating them to the sword. At least the Roman Catholic Church admitted a little bit of this over the uh, history of their, you know, domination of, uh, you know, Roman Catholicism and the imperial rule of of, of kings you know, uh, with with the papacy, they have admitted atrocities against the Jews, against the Muslims, against the Christians, the Protestants, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and by the way, this is one of the reasons why a lot of people don't want to have anything to do with organized religion, because they're studied and broadly aware of the inconsistencies, the hypocrisy, and the failure to admit that the Christian church has been wrong so many times on so many levels up to this very hour that you and I are talking. And it's no wonder Christianity is not making headway in America. We are in a state of apostasy just as bad as national Israel. Thank you, Mike. God bless you. All right, you guys, you've heard that. You know, you won't hear this kind of stuff anywhere in your major media outlets or in most of your local churches. But I must say to you, whether you know it or not, I'm not saying anything the church hasn't taught in our Reformed communities and our Protestant churches for years. People who know church history, people who know Reformed theology, people who know the Protestant movement, understand historic eschatology. They know that I'm not saying some kind of Johnny-come-lately-new system. I'm telling you what we have believed for a long time. We're moving towards a dark age. Well, that note, I do want to say still, in Jesus' name, have a wonderful Christmas. God bless you. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved.